Good morning, church. Uh, it's great to uh, be able to be with you on this crazy kind of a weather day. Uh, I know we have a lot of those who normally would be here in person that aren't able to come. My phone was kind of blowing up this morning of people just saying, hey, we're not able to come. We've got ice in our area, um, snow, whatever. So uh, I'm thankful for the ones of you that are here today and that are here in person, but I'm very thankful also for those of you who are watching online. Um, it's great to have you uh, both here and in, uh, online. If you would uh, fill out a Connect card if you're new, we'd love to just uh, find that information out and be able to contact you. If you're watching online, you can just hit that Connect link and that will be perfect. So uh, I just want to encourage you on that. And, um, and encourage you to, uh, if you have any prayer requests or prayer needs, to just let me know that. That would be awesome. I appreciate that. I just want to go over a couple things with you uh, through video. This is kind of a rundown we're going to begin doing each and every week. So let's watch um, the rundown. Thank you for joining us for church today as we enter into the fifth week going through Colossians. I have a couple of important things that I want to share with you so that you can stay up to date on everything that's happening here at Point Church. We're still reading through the book of Colossians as a church, and the great thing about Colossians is that it's only four chapters. That means you can jump in even now and start reading because we're challenging everybody to read through Colossians every week. We have journals available for you to help you dive into scripture, and all you need to do is just talk to your local campus pastor or staff member, and they'll put one in your hands. Second, I'd like to invite you to our next Discover class on February 7th. This is a great opportunity for you to get to know us, ask questions, and take the next step that's right for you. Food and childcare is available. All you need to do is check on your Connect card if you'd like to attend or want more information. Lastly, I'm excited to share something special with you as we begin to prepare for Easter. Our team has put together cross boxes, one for adults and one for the entire family to help guide you through repentance and fasting in the 40 days leading up to Easter. In these boxes, you'll find tools and information about Ash Wednesday, fasting, Good Friday, and daily reading for the whole family as we go through this 40-day journey together. These cross boxes will be available for pickup at your location on February 14th. If you're watching a live stream or Point Church online, we want to get these boxes to you too. Just let us know you'd like one by going to pointchurch.com crossbox. We're excited to go on this discipleship journey together. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you are blessed by the rest of today's service. How many of you remember the show Extreme Makeover? Anybody remember that? There was a lady named Lori who was just, she was kind of an average, pleasant, um, pretty young lady who claimed that uh, she was so ugly that people just called her names, and she said uh, people at school teased her kids. So she decided to apply for that show, to apply for Extreme Makeover and get a complete makeover. When they interviewed her, they found out that she was a very, uh, very warm and loving type of a person. Uh, she had a family that loved her, husband and kids. But she was really just totally focused on her appearance. And how she felt about her appearance was just a black cloud that continued to kind of hover over her life. After the makeover, 
the new Lori was obviously more physically attractive, but the question is this, was she really any happier? I mean, was she a better person because of what she had done? You know, as I read her story, I wondered, wouldn't it be interesting to be able to go back to her town a year later to just see what kind of person she had become? Had she really changed? I mean, had she really become a different person? Had it made a difference? To see if the new Lori was any different than the old Lori. Now, shows like Extreme Makeover have a huge draw as people think about what they would physically change about themselves. But what if our values were kingdom values instead of earthly values? I wonder, would, would that make a difference in what we thought? Would our concerns be on our appearance or would our concerns be on our character? Would they be on becoming more like the world or becoming more like Jesus? As we begin today, I think the believers in Colossae were struggling with the same kind of thing, the same kind of attitude. And so Paul's been telling them that Jesus has done an extreme makeover in their life. They are not the same as they were. But the problem is they're still struggling with allowing the new person to be different than the old person. They were still struggling with kind of sorting out exactly where Jesus fit into their worldview. You see, these false teachers that had invaded the church had also invaded their culture and invaded what they believed. These teachings allowed them to portray an image of being a follower of Jesus without having to necessarily give up the sin that was in their life. I mean, look again at what Paul says about these false teachers back in chapter 2 that we saw last week in verse 23. Let me remind you of what it said. They seem, they being the false teachers, they seem to be wise, but they are only part of a human religion. They make people pretend not to be proud and make them punish their bodies, but they do not really control the evil desires of the sinful flesh. There was the problem. And so Paul starts off chapter three by basically saying this, that's not what a new person in Jesus looks like. And here's why. And so he starts off in verse 1. Look what it says. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. I'm going to just stop here for just a moment. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. Do you hear what Paul is saying? Why we have to stop pretending to be something that we're not. It's because, Paul says... Those who are, in, who are in Jesus have been raised. We've been raised. We've been brought back from death to life. And here's why that's so important to understand. Because in order to be raised, guess what has to happen? Something has to die, right? I mean, you have to be dead in order to be raised back up. 
Last week, Paul wrote in chapter 2 and verse 13, he said, You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. Now, I want you to let that sink in for a moment because the reality is this. God didn't just have to come in and do CPR on you. He didn't have to come in and just resuscitate you. God had to literally resurrect you. Why? Because he says you were dead. You were dead, but God made you alive with Christ. You see, you and I were dead in our sin, and we were separated because of that sin from God. But out of his great love and out of his mercy, he raised us up, and he made us alive through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Now, let me ask you, because that's true, shouldn't there be a difference in how we live our life? I mean, if we were once dead, but now we're alive, shouldn't there be a difference in how we live our life? I mean, shouldn't our life look dramatically different now? Or put another way, shouldn't the new you be different than the old you? And I want you to remember that phrase, because we're going to use that phrase several times throughout this message today. Shouldn't the new you be different than the old you? Now, if that's going to happen, here's what Paul says we need to do. And the first thing is simply this. We have to change our focus. We have to change our focus. You ever been out of focus? Your glasses or whatever, out of focus, and you're going, ah. We come in here at different times, and the gremlins that are in our electronics, the, the projector will be just slightly out of focus, and it drives me nuts. It drives me crazy. I hate things when they're out of focus. Paul says we need to change our focus. Look what he goes on to say in the rest of verse 1 and on. Look what he says through verse 4. Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sets in place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Paul is saying that if you've been raised with Jesus, then your focus has to change. It has to change from the earthly to the heavenly. And here's why that's so important to understand. Because as followers of Jesus, whether you realize it or not, we have a dual citizenship right now. Not only are we citizens of heaven because of our relationship with Jesus, but at the same time, we are citizens of earth because this is where we live. And the problem with that is this. It's easy to get so focused on the earthly because that's where we are that the heavenly becomes a blur and it gets out of focus. In fact, it can become such a blur that it no longer affects how we live our life. The new you starts becoming like the old you, if you're not careful. 
And so Paul says, change your focus. Get off the earthly that drags you down and leads you to a comfortable, sinful life and start focusing on the heavenly. Start focusing on the things of Jesus, the things that are going to help us to become more like him in our life. And why is that so important for us to do? It's because your old life is dead. And your new life, which Paul says is your real life, is hidden and kept with Jesus. Why? Because he's your life. I mean, he's your life. Paul's been drilling that into them for the first two chapters, that Christ is in you, that he is your life. And so we need to change our focus. But how do we do that? Well, somebody once said, we accomplish change by stopping some things and then starting some new things. Pretty simple, but it really makes sense, right? If you want to change, stop doing some things and start doing some other things. So Paul says, not only do we need to change our focus, but if that's going to happen, second of all, we have to put to death the earthly things. We have to put to death the earthly things. If we want to get them out of the picture so that they don't blur the focus, we've got to put them to death. Paul goes on in verse 5, and look what he says. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. I like that word, lurking. <laughs> lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Did you get that? Sometimes we only think that the, the wrath of God and God's anger was in the Old Testament. No, that's not true. He says, God's anger is coming because of these things if they stay in your life. He said, he goes on and says, you used to do these things when, you, when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior and slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Wow. So what's Paul telling us? He's simply saying, put to death the earthly things. Put to death the things of the flesh. The self that you were before Jesus changed you. The underlying thought here is that we now live our life in union with Jesus. You see, when we died to the old self and we became united with Jesus, that union should begin to play itself out in the way we think, it should play itself out in the way we act, and it should play itself out in all of our relationships that we have. The fact that we are now united with Jesus should become the supreme reality of our lives. It's that thing that allows the new you to be different than the old you. Say that with me, all right? Are you ready? It allows the new you to be different than the old you. And because of that truth, there are things that were a part of the old earthly nature that we must stop doing. In fact... Paul says, we're to, we're to put them to death. I mean, 
And so, you know, you ever watch James Bond movies, the old James Bond movies? I, I love those. It, you know, one of the sayings through all the movies is that he has what? A license to kill, right? Paul's giving us a license to kill here. Not people, but the old flesh, the old earthly things. He says, put them to death, kill them, get rid of them, take them off, bury them so that they will no longer rule your life. Now, as I was thinking about this, it reminded me when I was a kid, probably, I don't know, eight, nine years old, 10 years old, right in that area. But uh, I loved to, because we had woods across the street, we had woods around our house. I loved to play in the woods. I loved to go out when it was rainy and dirty and muddy or when we would get a lot of snow in Indiana and go out and play in the woods and you'd come back and you'd be filthy or the guys in the neighborhood we'd get together, especially when it rained, and play mud football or baseball and you just come back in and you're filthy. I mean, your clothes and what you have on is just totally dirty. And when I would walk in the back door, mom would meet me there and she says, you are not going into this house until you take those things off. Why? Because they're dirty and they're smelly and they need to be getting, gotten rid of. Take them off. Now Paul's painting that same kind of a picture here. Because before Jesus, our spiritual clothes were stained by the sin of the world and they were dirty, and they were filthy, and they needed cleansing. And that's exactly what Jesus does for us. And so in verse 7, he reminds them of why they wore those clothes. And it's this. It was because they were still part of the world. That's why they had them on. They were still a part of the world. Now, as I thought about this, it brought up a very powerful principle in my head, and it's this. My past doesn't have to be my destiny. My past doesn't have to be my destiny. My present doesn't have to be my destiny. My testimony is that before Jesus, some if not most of those dirty clothes, those things that Paul had on his list, guess what? They were a part of my wardrobe. But now, because I'm united with Jesus, it means that just because that was my past doesn't mean that it has to be my present or my future. Because now I'm united with Jesus. I've died to those things. I have removed them from my life. And now the new me can be different than the old me. Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And I really like how the Message Bible puts it. Look, listen to what it says. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become, and look at this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. That's where you change your focus, right? 
by fixing your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. So Paul's saying, take your life and place it on the altar and sacrifice it there. Because you are now a living sacrifice, a holy sacrifice. He says, don't be conformed to the world. Don't just fit in with everybody else, but allow God to transform you as you fix your attention on God. Because he's the one who will change you. And so Paul's words here and in Colossians 3 verses 5 and 8 are a great reminder to us that God wants to do an amazing work of purification in and through us. If the new you is going to be different than the old you, we have to allow his cleansing work to take place in our life. Why? Because if we were honest with ourselves, every single person in here, every single person who is watching online, you would have to say that there are things on Paul's list that have been or are a part of your life. I mean, you'd have to say that, right? And so we've got to get to the place where we can say, the longer I keep that garment of greed, of anger, of sexual immorality, or whatever, the longer I keep that on, the dirtier that garment becomes, and it will slowly destroy the union that I have with Jesus. Let me ask you, how many of you have ever had that holy, dirty, faded t-shirt or sweatshirt that you just couldn't get rid of because you loved it so much. Anybody? Come on. Raise your hand. We all have. Yeah, right. Come on. You know you, know you have. You still got it, right? And you just can't throw it away for whatever reason. Why? Because it's comfortable. It makes you feel good when you put it on. And so you just can't get rid of it. Now, Lucy would tell you over the years, I've had some of those, right? She's shaking her head yes. I've had some of those. Some of those t-shirts or sweatshirts, I had a jersey. And I loved that thing. I loved to put it on. It was, even though it was dirty and even though it was, had holes through it and it had some ribs in it and it was bad, but it was my favorite. And I would wear it if I went to the gym, if I went outside, whatever, I would wear that thing. And she would hate it every time I did. And finally, I just came home one day and I couldn't find them. And they had been probably burned or I don't know, maybe she sent it to somebody she didn't like. I don't know. But, it, but I no longer had those things. You see, the problem is when we think about our spiritual life, our old way of life can become just like that comfortable old sweatshirt or t-shirt. It's really easy to put on, but it is really hard to take off much less get rid of. But the truth is, it's smelly and it's got holes in it and it's torn and everybody else in our life wishes we could just throw that thing in the trash as well. In C.S. Lewis' book, Till We Have Faces, one of the characters is struggling 
with the ugliness she sees within herself. And so this is what she says. I would set out boldly each morning to be just and calm and wise in all my thoughts and acts. But before they had finished dressing me, I would find that I was back in some old rage or resentment or gnawing fantasy or sullen bitterness. I could not hold out half an hour. Wow. Does that speak to your life? I mean, there are some people that that's exactly where they're at. They can't even hold out a half hour without just going back to the old way of life. Now, I think the reason that happens is that changing our past and present seems daunting to us, right? I mean, sometimes it can just be overwhelming because there's sometimes just so many things maybe that we need to take off and get rid of. Maybe in Paul's list of things, we have three or four or five of those things. But here's the cool thing. The cool thing is you don't have to fight that battle alone. You don't have to fight it alone. The Holy Spirit that lives in you helps to point out those things that need to be removed, those things that need to be died to in your life, those things that we need to just throw away, those things that are keeping the new you from being different than the old you. In fact, as you've been listening this morning, maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit has just been kind of nudging you, or maybe the Holy Spirit has been poking you, or maybe the Holy Spirit has just slapped you upside the head and said, that's the one right there. That's the one. That's what you need to take off in your life. Now, if that's you, I just want you to do a couple things. Now, normally I would do our next steps at the end of the message, but let me give you two quick things right now. First of all, in just a few moments, we're going to go to a time of prayer as we go to a time of the Lord's Supper And if the Holy Spirit's been working on you and poking you and slapping you, then maybe you just need to come and I'll be over here and I'd love to pray with you and encourage you. But the second thing is this. I want you to think about somebody right now in your life. Think about somebody that you trust, that you respect, somebody that you look up to because of their relationship with Jesus. And I want you to reach out to that person and I want you to tell that person the things that you're struggling with the things that the Spirit has pointed out to you in your life. And I want you to do that for two reasons. Why? First of all, so they can pray with you. Second of all, so they can hold you accountable. We just need to get a handle on those things so that they don't take over our life. Let's continue starting in verse 10. Paul goes on to say, put on your new nature. So we have to put to death something. We have to get rid of the earthly nature. So he says, put on the new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. So what's the answer? 
was simply this. We've got to be renewed. We've got to be renewed in Jesus. Since we have put to death our old earthly nature, now it's time to put on the new nature that comes from our relationship with Jesus, comes from the fact that Jesus lives within us. You see, it's time to learn more about Jesus so that we can become more like Jesus. Here's the thing that we all have to understand. The definitive distinction among all people is this. Are you in Jesus? Are you in Jesus? That's the definitive distinction between people. Because if you've died to the old earthly life and you have been raised with Jesus, there's... That's the only distinction that matters in God's economy. Are you in Jesus? You see, it really doesn't matter what you come from. It doesn't matter who your parents are. It doesn't matter the kind of job you have. It doesn't matter if you've been successful or not successful. It doesn't matter what your education is. It doesn't matter how much money you have. What matters is, are you in Jesus? And are you allowing him to live in and through your life? You see, we got to be renewed in our spirit by putting off And then putting on the new nature. Paul goes on to say, starting in verse 12, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, that set apart people, you must clothe yourself with these, these differences from his first list. Look what he says. You must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy and kindness and humility, and gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And so what do we do to be renewed in Jesus? We clothe ourselves with the things of God. We have to put to death the things of the flesh, and we have to clothe our, ourselves with the things of God. As we take those things that are a part of our earthly flesh, those things that are keeping us from being that new person in Jesus, we've got to clothe ourselves with the things of God, those things that are a part of the fruits of the Spirit. Now, here's a problem that some believers have. And it's a problem that I've seen throughout the last 40 years of ministry in so many people's lives who have struggled in their relationship with Jesus. And it's simply this. They come to Jesus and they surrender and they give their life to him and then they start removing those sin-stained garments. They, they, they start putting them to death so that they can become that new person. But the problem is they never clothe themselves in the things of God. They take, a, they take the old nature off, but they don't clothe themselves in the new nature. And you know what that creates? That creates a void in their life. And if there's a void, that void must be filled. And so here's what happens. If you don't fill the void with the things of God, guess what's going to happen? The old nature, the things that you have taken off are going to come back in and you will begin to put them on once more. 
And they will become a part of your life again. Now, why is this so important for us to understand? It's because the way we live our life affects the relationships we have. I mean, that's really what this whole section is about from starting in about verse 12 down. It's about our relationships that we have and how these things affect our relationships, either in the negative or the positive. You see, if we continue as followers of Jesus to fall back on those old patterns of life, if we continue to dig up and then put back on those old garments of the flesh, it will divide and it will destroy our relationships and it will impact who we are in Jesus. But get this. When you set your heart and mind on things above where Jesus is, when you die and remove the earthly flesh and then you clothe yourself with the things of God, not only will it make you or turn you into the new you, but you will begin to see people around you in a whole new way. You'll just see them in a whole new way. You see, the cool thing about clothing ourselves in these things is it gives us the ability, and I love this, it gives us the ability to have grace-infused relationships. Grace-infused relationships. And I don't know about you, but as I look around today, our world and our country our families, our friends, our co-workers, they need to be shown mercy, right? Instead of condemnation. They need to be shown kindness instead of hatred, humility instead of pride and arrogance. They need to be shown gentleness and patience and love. They need to be given forgiveness just as Jesus has forgiven us. And when we do this, guess what it produces in our life and in their life? It will bring us together, Paul says, in unity. Not only will we be united with him, but now we will be united with one another. It brings harmony and unity, not only within the church, but within all of our relationships around us. As I've said throughout this message, the new you should be different than the old you. And when it is, it will affect every part of our life, especially our relationships, our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with people. Now, Paul ends this section with these words. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God. The Father. You see, you and I are called to live in peace. We're called to live in peace. And we can do that not because of who we are, but because of who he is. So Paul says, let his peace rule our hearts. And when it does, it affects how we live. What we do and 
and say, and it will affect how we treat others, both out there and in here, within the body. You see, living out his peace will become more important than our pride. It will become more important than our preferences. And it will change who we are from the inside out. I've shared this story with you several times in the past. But it just, it just illustrates this so beautifully. I just got to share it again. It's when we were in uh, Oklahoma, in Enid, Oklahoma, and it was during a period of time at the church I was at where I was the interim pastor, and we had a beautiful old saintly lady named Arvella who was probably in her 80s, but she was dying. She had a lot of heart issues. And she was in the hospital, and I got a call one night. It was about midnight, and it was from her son, and her son just said, hey, Jerry, I think, I think it's time. Can you come up to the hospital? And so I got out of bed, got dressed, got in my car, headed for the hospital. When I got to the hospital, I went in, got in the elevator, went to the second floor. And when you get off the elevator, you just get off, immediately turn right, and then immediately the hallway's right there. And hers was the first room. When I was in the elevator and I approached the second floor, I could hear kind of muffled singing and then it would get kind of clearer and louder as I got closer to the second floor. And then when the doors opened, I could hear it very well. And it was the song Amazing Grace. And I could hear people singing it. Well, my first assumption as I stepped off the elevator was this. I'm late. I'm too late. Our Bella has passed. And her family is around her. And they're singing. But that wasn't quite it. Because when I got off, turned, at, turned to the right, turned right down the hallway, and when I entered the room as they were singing, I could look through the family, and Arvella was sitting up in her hospital bed, and she was leading them in amazing grace. That's peace. That's the peace of Christ that lived within her. And when they finished singing... We kind of talked for a few moments, and then she just went like this. And so I came over, and she said, come here. And I bent down and put my mouth, or ear, by her mouth, and she just whispered to me, thank you for coming, because I won't be here in the morning. I will be with Jesus in the morning. And we prayed together, and then I went home. And I got a call the next morning that she had went to be with her Lord. I think that's the peace of Jesus. It allowed her in everything that she did to have an incredible amount of peace because of whose she was. She was his. He was her savior. And the new Arvella was better than the old. And especially now. As she was in the arms of her Savior. Now maybe the key to this whole section is verse 17 as we wrap up. Because when you make Christ your life, when the new you is different from the old you, it means that every day you make it your intention 
to represent Jesus in everything you do and in everything you say. Just think how much better our relationships would be if, if we were thinking about how to let Jesus be seen in us and through us on a daily basis. It'd make a difference, wouldn't it? Let's close. Let me give you a next step to take in your life. And it's simply this. You need, and I need, we all need, to decide today that the new you will be different from the old you. You're going to make a decision today to just decide. The the new me is going to be different than the old me. Because I'm going to put to death those things that Paul says I need to get rid of in my life. And I'm going to put on those things that are of the Spirit. And I'm going to allow God to, to work in and through me on a daily basis. And so you need to take whatever steps you need to put off the old earthly nature so that you can put on Jesus. Now, I don't know where you're at today, both here and online. But if you're online and you just need to talk with somebody, hit that connect link, send me a message because I would love to talk with you and share with you about how you can become that new person in Christ. If you're here today, I just want to encourage you to come in a few moments. I'd love to pray with you. Whatever's on your heart. You see, we're going to move now into a time of the Lord's Supper. If our worship team would make their way up. As we move in, I want to pray today for a family. Um, If you guys can bring that up on the screen for me, please. This is Jason Bentley and his wife I I mentioned before. Um, Actually, I mentioned in our volunteer meeting. I don't think I mentioned it in here. So I'm mentioning it in here right now. Because as we, before we go into a time of the Lord's Supper, I want to pray over them. Jason has become a friend of mine. I got to meet him first time in August. And him and I have met together on several different occasions. Um, And they... Uh, have been in the process of planting a church down in Lake Norman area. And today was their launch day. What a day to launch, right? <laughs> With the weather. But they are launching today in, in uh, the Lake Norman area. They're called Waterview Church. They're sponsored by Carolina Movement. Waypoint Church Partners has a part of that, but also Point Church. We have a part of planting this church in the Lake Norman area. And let me tell you, Jason is an amazing guy. And so I'm excited for what God's going to do for them. But I want to pray over them right now. As they're in the middle of their launch Sunday, we just want to lift them up and we want to pray for them. We want to encourage them. And after we pray, then we're going to move into a time of the Lord's Supper. Hopefully you picked up your cups. If not, they're right out here on the bar area. You can grab that. Anytime while the song is being sung, if you can just spend some time with the Lord, spend some time looking inside at your life, maybe allowing the Holy Spirit to slap you around a little bit and say, hey, you need to do something about this. But just spend some time with God. But let's pray 
for this church. Father, I just come to you right now, and I am so excited for Jason and his wife and kids and their launch team. I'm so excited for what they are doing and where they are going, and and God, the people that they can reach in the Lake Norman area. God, I pray over them and just pray for an incredible day today. I know Chris and Jeremy from the point are there, and they're helping, and uh, and blessing them, and so I, I want to bless them as well, God, through our prayers today. May people be drawn to you. May people come to know you. May people accept you as their Lord and Savior through the ministry of this new church called Waterview. God, we just love all that you're doing in the life of people. It's really cool to see what you're doing in their life. And now, Father... As we come to this time to go around your table, we just want to focus on what you have done for us on the cross. You see, we can die to the old life and live in the new because of what you have done. Because just as you have died and have been raised, we can die and we are raised with you to new life. Help us to celebrate that right now. Now, God, if there's anyone here that needs prayer, I pray that they'll come so I can pray with them. It's in your name we pray, amen.